Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, everyone, welcome back. Another fine edition, if I do say so myself, of Dr. Homebrew. I say it's fine because it hasn't really started yet. You have no so, idea how it's going to turn out. Right. Every Everything so far has been a 10, I think. Maybe even 11. I have no idea. Uh, but at, at the end of the night, who knows? Four, maybe five. I don't know. Just that D deep, minus. muddy pit of cold water with broken glass in the bottom. It, yeah. Yeah, it hits a two or one. You should have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, that won't happen. No. That won't happen here. It'd be like Beardy's Finger. I don't, for those of you who haven't uh, gone in HD uh, or whatever and listened oh, to live, hey. uh, the night before we left for uh, National Homebrewers Conference, Warren is uh, cleaning out a carboy, my carboy, that piece of and uh, broke it and sliced his finger pretty good. Got like 11 stitches. Yeah. That was an ugly looking cut. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Um, I myself have never broken a carboy, so, you know, I, I, I can't. You have speak people on do that. that for you. That's true. I'll have my people break a carboy once in a while. That's, that's kind of what you say, right? <laughs> just to keep all the carboys <laughs> right. in just, line? Just, just to keep it real around here. Yeah. Carboy, your carboy right. bitches. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Warren, the carboy bitch? <laughs> uh, He's not here. It. We can call him whatever we want. That's true. He's Brian not that makes far a good away. point. He could be uh, here in a few minutes. That's also true. Yeah. Well, no. A, a normal hours. person could be here in a few minutes. It would take Warren 20 minutes just to leave the friggin' house. Uh, that's a different uh, matter. Yeah, and then, it, and then he would stop at all the yield signs because he doesn't understand the word stop and yield, apparently. And uh, it would take him, he wouldn't be here for an hour if he I left right now. I did not know this about him. Yeah, he's very slow. Okay. Yeah, but handsome. I, he seemed in good spirits at the conference. I didn't beard. notice any gashes or. <laughs> Maybe he's anesthetizing himself with mass quantities of good homebrew there. Maybe. Uh, there were a lot of good beers there. I know yeah. we talked about it on the last they show, were. but uh, there were some pretty delicious beers. And we got some feedback. I do the feedback for the session. There was some feedback about, oh, there was terrible beer. And I'm like, mm. did I write this? My whorehouse tart was pretty popular. Your whore, Explain yourself. I don't understand what that means. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> it's a blended sour beer. Oh, is it the uh, it's not the beer suicide? Beer. It's not dump bucket sour, but it's equally stupid. What is it? You how brought long it up, Brian. How long will okay. it take to explain? Because so it sounds like it's going to be like an hour long conversation. I I had a bad batch of beer. Yeah. I dumped some bread into it and I and I let it go, and I just forgot about it. Okay. And then later, I'm a, I'm a crappy, horrible brewer. I guess I had another bad. Or just some beer that was kind of going south a little bit. Just, um, anyway, and then also along the, along the, the the way, I would dump in hydrometer samples, and, and now I'm I'm dumping um, leftover like after we judge the Doctor Homebrew beers at home. Your yeah. beer may end up in my sour beer blend. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on a second. So you had <laughs> you're hurting my brain. You had a you had a sour beer that you forgot about. And then you decided, oh, I'll just keep adding all these like homeless beers. Yeah, like, and then I had like half one. pours of beer. Like, so you hadn't forgot about it, really. And then I got some beer from my friend Jack Weldon that was actually a pretty nice sour they had in a barrel, and he was just trying to empty out the barrel. Was yeah. it intentional? And or it was. Not? It was pretty good. And some of my beers were, eh, they were coming along. Yeah. So then I just had a blending party by myself, of course. <laughs> Is that a bar- Party of one. Is that a party? Where I took some <laughs> just blending by yourself. shot glasses out and, yeah. and teaspoons. It was a very non-scientific blend. But I was like, well, maybe a third of this with you know, a quarter of that and then whatever is left of this would, right. would make a good beer. And yeah. Whorehouse Tart 1 was born. And it was, and it was pretty good. Yeah. So then after so, your stay at the, at the mental hospital that your wife put you in, yeah. is it, uh, you're, you're better now. This one was Horthouse Tart 4, and it was like the most popular keg at the Mad Zymers booth. It, like, we pretty, we okay, pretty well, much blew good. it between yeah. club night and our and our shift at the hospitality suite. It was, I think there was, we just finished the last pint like two nights ago. It, uh, there was like one pint left in it. <laughs> See, literally. You are the weirdest person in this room. 
Maybe. And we don't even know the four who just walked in, really. That's right. We have no idea. We have no idea. But they're all judging you. I'm going to blindly submit my tart beer and and uh, to the show sometime and just pretend to be somebody else. Be Carl from Wisconsin. I love Dr. Homebrew. It's the best show. Especially Brian. He's so witty and clever. Don't you have a joke to tell us, Brian? No. Uh, no, no. I don't. You don't? I well, set you up with that, and you, okay. you're just going to go no, huh? So, uh, vampire, uh, three vampires walk into a bar. <laughs> First one says, I'd like some blood. Okay. Second vampire says, I too would like blood. A third beer says, third, third vampire <laughs> says, I, I would like plasma. The bartender says, ah, two bloods and a blood light. Okay. Here you go, boys. Sorry. I was reading my friend's Facebook postings earlier, and it was just oh, amusing me. The screw-up was better than the punchline. Yeah. Thank you. I wish we had a camera right yeah. now. Bev's not here. Our last two shows haven't had cameras, but uh, they're very good, Brian. You did great. Thank you. I'm going to stop uh, expressing any witticisms from here out. <laughs> just buy the book. You might get called out. Just buy the book. Yes. <laughs> just like the post office sells their stamps. <laughs> There you Buy go. Buy the book. Very regimented. Thanks, Brian. One book has 20 stars. Turn Brian's mic off. Uh, before we get going, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn all about what it takes to uh, make things that are opposite of uh, Brian's wh- whorehouse fireman blonde or whatever it is. Um, if you want intentional sour beers, that's fine. But if you don't, and if you want clean beer and uh, clean homebrew, uh, check out fivestarchemicals.com. they got PBW, Star Sand, all that kind of stuff. And uh, for people who are on the show, uh, you submit your beers. You get a nice little sample pack and a cool thing from Five Star. So those guys hook it up. Uh, we love Five Star. They love you. And um, conversely, we love you, I think, right? Anyway, however that works. Uh, but check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. Did I confuse everybody? I, I, I don't know if I'm in the 60s or I'm feeling creepy now. What did you just say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You know, what did someone slip into my Nelson here? <laughs> I have no idea. Bubbles. JP's been crossed with Barney. Maybe. Teletubbies. <laughs> That's true. Tele-JP's. Yeah, the purple one. Right. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about the show we have going on. So we have Chris, Dave, Ryan, and Dandridge, right? And uh, you guys are from Napa. That's right. What club? What's yep. the club up there? The Bung Brewers. The Bung Brewers. That's a that's a shortening of your club's name, isn't it? The Brewers United Napa Guild. There you go. Oh, okay. With the Bung Brewers. I like it. <laughs> Sounds good. In 20 minutes, Brian will have a uh, some sort of witticism written about it. Clubs love their acronym. When I was, when I was taking classes at uh, UC Davis. Is uh, this the witticism? It was. No. Oh, it's, okay. just a, it's just, it's a, just a story. Okay. I just loved uh you know, Michael Lewis, he was just, he was talking about the brewing and then he'd talk about the bung and kept saying bung. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of a fan of Beavis and Butthead. So yeah. <laughs> I'm in the back one. <laughs> bung. Uh, who doesn't? Uh, okay. So you fellas have brewed a porter. It's basically a porter project. So this show is not going to be like any other show where you just submitted some beers and, uh, and then we go through them and then we shuffle you off. Like this is, in, in fact, the bung show. The bungers. The bungers? What do you call yourselves? What's plural for We're, bung brewer? Uh, either the bungs or the bung brewers. The bung brewers. The bungs. I like the bungs, I think. Do the not bungs, call right. them bung holes. No, not the no, bung holes. That would be insulting. Because <laughs> right. that's easier be, to pluralize. These are going to be the porters of the bungs. That's right. The right. bung The bung, bung porters. porters. Um, so uh, what did you guys do here? Why do we yeah. have all these beers? So basically we came up on a bunch of grain, a bunch of uh, like half sacks of chocolate and uh, uh, Kara and rye, et cetera. Uh, and so we're, how are we going to get rid of this much dark grain? So we're mm-hmm. playing a club project just to brew uh, and starting to develop some recipes as the first one. And uh, like 20 so people brewed it. And we picked just the three most similar cleanly brewed beers uh, to present to you guys just to uh, really look at process. The only variable okay. here was yeast. Uh, and even then, it's clean English yeast. So process yeast, yeast and the brewer who did the brewing. That's correct. Right, so it's different houses. It wasn't one mm. big combined batch. No, no, no. Okay. Like twenty separate batches, 20 all batches. different. Yeah, wow. all different brew houses, uh, and you've got three of them. Okay, that's a big, big project. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to sort through. Who who wrote the recipe for this? Uh, I did. Okay, 
Are you the the the, the president of the bungs? Uh, no, no, just um, uh, the guy who had all the all the grain who came up on the grain kind of reached out to me and said, "Hey, can we oh, okay put something together?" That's He's the cool. one who comes up with crazy ideas and said, "We could do this." Yeah, I think we can make this happen. So this is effectively just a project to test process. Correct, and right. it's, it's not even so strictly. I mean, it's it's more or less a porter, but we were working within the constraints of we only had certain malts, and so we did the best we could with those malts. But really, it was just um, let's look at everyone's process. We have brew in a bag. We've got uh, coolers. We have you know three tier Blickman systems. We got tippy dumps. So you got the whole nine yards in uh, in the club, and just what's ever going to everybody going to make? Yeah, uh, not to mention fermentation, fermentation. Do we have any variables like that uh, here? Like, does someone or is one of these a brew in the bag, or is it all all grain, or, or what did you guys do? I They're mean, all not, all grain. Not that brew in a bag is. Um, I think you have a cooler system, two coolers and a one kettle. Uh, I, I use a cooler for a mash tun, and Jeff, who couldn't be here with us, he, he uses a, a, a like a recirculating um, mash tun. Okay, like bottom fired. Okay, that's pretty different. Those are mm-hmm. uh, those are all fairly. The variables can be pretty high, right, Lee? Yeah. 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 I mean, Especially I when anything, you have different people using them. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, excuse me. Well, uh, I kind of want to drink them. When well, you say we take a break. And, uh, and drink them all. And drink them all and then come back. So we have four minutes to drink mm-hmm. all of these beers. Do you think we can do it? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Quarter I'll get, late. I'll get the funnel. All right, everyone. It's Doctor Homebrew. When we come back, we're gonna run through these beers um, from the from the bungs from the bungs from the bung men from the brewing <laughs> to the bung. Yeah, the bung men. Uh, it's Doctor Homebrew. We'll be back after this. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. 
now, back to the examination. All right, welcome back, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. Just opening some beers, you know, no big deal. Uh, so, Lee, you were saying that this is a robust, robust porter. porter. That's what they told us. Okay. That sounds about right for the beers we got. Okay. All yeah. right. Excellent. Were you, Chris, were you trying to hit a, a specific style or just a general porter and kind of whatever happened, happened? We were aiming for a clone. We were just kind of pitching right down the middle of the style. Okay. Okay. So, robust porter is fine with you. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Uh, Lee, good, you want to give us a... that's what they told us. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to give us a general uh, general overview of what to expect here from a robust porter, yeah, please? Yeah, dark beer. Great. But not a style. Perfect. So, okay, oh, let's yeah. move on. Uh, yeah, I, the 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 uh, word-dense description they give in the guidelines for the overall impression of a robust porter is a substantial multi-dark ale with complex and flavorful roasty character. Um, there's a lot of room for interpretation in this style. Um, and some of the borderlines of other styles, like brown ales and stouts, can be a little bit fuzzy at times. Okay. Um, really, it should be more about coffee, chocolate. It probably could have some ashier, darker, roast flavors in there, too. But it shouldn't really be about those, whereas a stout's kind of about those intense, dark, roasty flavors. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of variation there. You can go from brown porters where black patent and roasted malts usually just for coloring, if not, not more than anything else. Um, up to the deeper, more intense sort of roaster multi flavors you get in a robust porter. Um, it, but it can cover a big range. Hops can have lots of hops, can have no hops uh, or no apparent hops for flavor, moderate mm-hmm. bittering at best. I mean, it, it, that can vary a lot. Um, people might divide that out into English or American characters, depending on what your hopping rate is and what kind of yeast you use. And I think we may see this divide a bit in the guidelines that are coming out next. Yeah. Um, but that, that's kind of what it's all about. I don't think we want to go too deep into the history of these things. Now they yeah. came out of England with porters and stouts and the 15 million different variants. But, yeah. <laughs> so essentially just dark beer, not super uh, not, acrid, right. not yeah. real hoppy. Not, it, it, some of them be pretty, some American can. stouts okay. can be pretty hoppy. But yeah. usually they're not. It should be more about sort of darker, chocolatier malts. Uh, some caramel character is pretty common. Maybe some yeast character if you're more in the English direction. Maybe not. Yeah. Warren's here. Oh, he, he did come. <laughs> he just, how how he long just, did it take him to get he here? Just walked, <laughs> he like stopped and looked. He looked very confused as to what was going on. So I had to tell him that. You wait, know, he's not looking. Oh, wait. Damn it. He, he I'd flip him see. off if he's looking. Okay. Yeah. But that's a different story. If we had room, I'd ask him. It's to a come friendly in, thing, though. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, so yeah, that's a robust porter. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And that's Beardy knows sign language? No. <laughs> he does not. He doesn't know anything. Um Okay, so uh which one do we have here? So which what is do the we first have one here? we're, we're well, the uh, first one through. we've got before us is Chris's robust porter. All right. So we're gonna start with you, Chris. Okay. Mm. <laughs> You're closer. Um, You're the closest. That's right. You're the closest. That's right. Which which might be dangerous, yeah. but that's why we chose you. I thought this uh, beer so had a nice rich um Inviting aroma to it for myself. I had aroma wise, it's rich and roasty up front, well, a little bit of coffee like in there, and um, you know, it seems like a clean ale ferment. Had a little touch of some smoky peatiness. What do you get in the aroma? Um, for me, yeah, I thought the aroma was nice on this beer. Grainy malt, some dry cocoa, maybe a little bit of raisiny character to it. A little maybe berry cherry kind of ester. Uh, didn't pick up any hops. No diacetyl or DMS that was in there. It was it was pretty clean, pretty decent aroma overall. And all the beers did look similar. So this looks it's like it looks like a porter. What do you know? <laughs> it's, yes, it's, it's a good brown it's a good beer. <laughs> yeah, the head stuck around pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. In the flavor. Uh, Lee, while Lee and I discussed this beer, we got kind of an interesting character to it, and and it's not the pro, you know the primary character of the beer, but like one thing that we both kind of came to was it has a little bit of a a roasty acidity to it, kind of it's a little bit more acidic than a lot of robust porters that we've had. And okay, it doesn't seem like it's intensely it's like going sour. I don't know how long how this beer has changed over time either, or if it's getting more of that character over time. And and uh, Chris could probably tell us that, but. Um, it's it's just a little um, odd twist to the the roastiness. It's like you know, roast malt by itself is pretty acidic, and if depending on the way you, ways you use it, you can pull different flavors out of it. Like if you you know if you use a higher 
temperature sparge. You can extract more harsh, uh, you know, tannins and harsh um, astringency out of it um, in the mouthfeel, but also these kind of um, little more biting flavors that you can get. And I, I don't know if that's what happened here. It doesn't seem like it's a beer that's going sour to me because it doesn't have the <laughs> funk. But if it is going sour, okay. it's, it's having like a clean little lactic edge to it or something. Or not lactic. Uh, yeah. I, Lactobacillus. I, I of, get it like yeah. a little tart like thing a little versus twang. a set. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why is that? What do you think? What do you think is going on? We were, we're talking bit, about. We were a bit puzzled as the cause. Okay. I mean, it has both this kind of little, very drying, almost astringent character. To me, it had a little metallic note to it and, the sou- and this sort of sourness to it, the sort of medium low sourness. Um, Little more than low in my my mind. It's it's pretty pretty prominent, uh, not like in your face, but it's definitely there. And and usually if you got a sort of an astringent character in a dark beer, the first place I, I'd look is like over sparging. Um, but usually that will happen when the water pH rises too high. And this is anything is obviously a low pH beer. So I'm not sure I could pin down any one cause for all these things. So there might mm-hmm. be a couple different things going on, and that could get complicated to figure out. Or if the temperature's uh, too high, or if you run your sparge too yeah. long, or you know, yeah, yeah. There's 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 other things that could happen. So but. you don't. You're, so you're saying it's not necessarily a contaminant. It 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 doesn't. The sourness doesn't quite come across like there's a, a microbe that's unwelcome in here. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when you have that, you also get like some basil, some DMS, some phenolic, some vegetal, or something like that. And okay. Really, there's not much of there or any of that kind of character in there. It's almost like a clean sour, but it's really more intense than you get just out of a mash where the pH went a little too low because right. you had a lot of dark grain in there. I wouldn't expect it to be this yeah. sour. Yeah, where we were like, ask the guy, uh, did you let your mash just sit overnight or anything like that? <laughs> no. Let it kind of sour. Uh, well, Chris, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your, your process here? Yeah, sure. Well, first off, this very much surprised me, the taste in the sample that you guys have had, and that's very much, uh, for me, a, a bottling and cellaring issue. Um, I have some cold examples over here. Tasted last Saturday completely different. No, maybe um, we should open them. Yeah, let's fire so, those up. This, this actually is very similar to the bottles both me and Brian had. Sure, sure. A couple yeah, few days exactly. ago. They, they got milled off on a very hot day in Napa, and like I say, my uh, I know from, from competition my beer does not travel well. Um, and that's probably just my bottling is not uh, um, the best. I don't do a lot of it. Um, and so, anyway, um, as far as process is concerned, um, yeah, I do watch my pH. Uh, I've had this beer for quite some time, brewed it in uh, late January. Um, and so it's had plenty of time in bottle uh, to develop any, any off character that uh, you're probably sensing. That well, is so very Brian just poured us... Sorry, Chris just gave us another bottle of this same batch. Exact same batch. That you said you'd kept cold? Yeah, wow. been yeah it is a totally different beast. Under 40 yeah. for the yeah. entire time. So the sourness is not there. That's correct, yeah. It's Chris, much richer malt flavor. Let's um, talk about your bottling procedures. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've honed, so, honed in on what's going on here. <laughs> no, um, yeah. As the show weird, progresses, Brian, Brian develops accents. I'm, notice, I'm just noticing yes. this now. Yeah. Alcoholic-inspired accents. <laughs> where, are you, where are you from, the Midwest or the East Coast? I'm from alcoholic land. And uh, anyway, sorry, Brian. Go ahead, please. Let's talk about Chris's bottling <laughs> procedure, please. May we speak about that now? Sure. We may. I like about how the logo on JP's shirt kind of looks like an angular brain. It's this Wireman logo with the Wireman malt thing. It's a, it's a free shirt. It's it is. kind of like, ever... a, like a, a brain full of triangles. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. It inspires me to speak in funny accents. I walk by their booth at NHC and they say, yeah. you do not have a red shirt on. <laughs> I said, I don't. Yeah, I will survive the NHC. Said, Here, you need a, a red Star shirt. Trek joke for you. I've got a red shirt. Well, you never know. It's, it's I didn't different. get the red shirt memo, guys. All right, continue, Brian. Um, yeah. Okay, um, so bottling. Bottling, bottling. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Blickman beer gun, run PBW, sanitizer through it before I use it, uh, sanitize bottles. I'm a iota 4 guy, always have been. Um, sanitize my caps, use a, uh, uh, um, the, uh, the rack bottling thing to keep my bottles upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do yeah. usually two or three at a time, let them sit on the table, and then cap them. You purge the bottles with CO2 when you're filling them? Or? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, the beer gun does that for you, right? Or, well, you have to push the button. To, yeah. Yeah. Remember. Can you take those beer guns apart and clean them out? Mm, kind yeah. of. 
<laughs> I, I don't have one of those things. Yeah, so. you, I, you, can, you can actually pull the little uh, clips apart, and there's, it comes with a little uh, bottle brush. You can clean the inside. So you can inspect the inside yeah, and yeah. get something in there to get rid of any chunks exactly. or sticky yeah. insides. Well, those are generally wow. nice tools. I, I, yeah. I was like, I think when I asked him that, let's talk about your bottling procedure. I'm like, I know he's going to have like the awesomest equipment and the beer gun <laughs> and all the well, yeah. Well, probably is, is that well, I, I I bottle every few months, and yeah. I should probably just throw the hose away between. Uh-huh. Um, that that could be your weak yeah. spot. Yeah, give it a quick look over. What, what, whatever it is, I mean, you've got some good equipment and some good te- technique there. Mm-hmm. Something did not work. Yep, agreed. <laughs> it's, it's really. I mean, with, with it with that in mind, I would say you. My my initial guess that it wasn't really microbial. Probably it is if it went that sour in the bottle. Um. It's the just kind of your, your general probably, yeast that's floating around yeah, here. The, the, the stringency part maybe could just be what's dark, gross grain left over after some of the malt's been eaten out and making it out of balance. But um, that it's really pretty sour. And it, it's, I mean, the other beer that you just poured for us is totally clean and it's quite nice. Is it something that, that is consistent through all your beers or is it kind of hit or miss? Like, have you, have you had this specific problem before? Um, I would say yes. Okay. Probably when I've shipped beer um, a long way. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I, I will have issues like that. Like I, I sent some beer up to the uh, Upper Mississippi Mash Out a couple of years ago, just couldn't get you know good beer there. Um, hmm. other did it, did it go sour like this, or was there something um, else? No, it was just generally uh, just not happy beer. Yeah, just not not very. Uh, Usually, uh, if you ship it, if it gets warm and gets shaken up, the problems you're looking at are. are uh, accelerated aging, staling, oxidation, things like that, which is kind of what you just described, probably. Sure. You know, it's just not happy, but it's not like overtly sour or anything right, like right. this is. There's a lot of like high 20s, I think. Yeah. You know? yeah. When did you bottle this second, the, the bottles that you brought? Uh, probably early April. All of them at the same time. Because, I mean, and, and as you have as well. Okay. And I don't know if, if I'm just thinking about it weird or, or you know, letting my, my, my brain fool me, but I, I, I swear I pick up a slight twang in the new bottle that's very reminiscent of the old bottle and i wonder if it's just you know when you bottle them you just probably leave them in your fridge or whatever i would imagine right right right. and so it's just the difference of of not being cold the flavor still can be developing a little bit but not as a rapid state as if uh, you know they they get shipped to you know my house and i leave them um in my trunk yeah i'm kidding i didn't really leave my trunk store storage issue i guess you could say it's a yeah, yeah as so I mean, to a bottling issue, but yeah, it's, I'd be curious to see like if you if you just bottle some and then leave them on your counter, don't ship them anywhere, but just leave them there and, and wait a week or two and see if that kind of starts. Like the problem's still there. It's just yeah, what, it, it's with extremely good conditioning. It, yeah, you're for, you're maybe you're you're forcing it to to go dormant, leaving it in your fridge, right? Right. I don't know. It's possible some microbes might be that temperature sensitive. We're talking about a month and a half here, two months. April. Yeah. 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 April. Yeah. The difference between being cold and warm could be that big. I don't know. It, bugs are hard to predict. Mm. But if you were, if, if depending how warm it got and how shaken up when you shipped it, yeah, that could have accelerated any microbial part. I mean, it might be an interesting experiment for you to do is to pull one of these bottles out of your fridge and leave it sit in your garage over a hot weekend yeah. and yeah. see if it just goes south and gets sour. Sure, sure. Then you can say you've got the same thing in that bottle, too, and it was probably something endemic to your system like a hose or cleaning inside the gun that needs to be improved, whereas if that doesn't change, you know, let it sit for a couple of weeks after that and it doesn't change, maybe it was just some of the bottles and we got the unlucky ones. Had something in them that went south, or it's in, the, or it's, it's in the keg. I mean, it could be yeah. your racking well, process. In the keg, it's probably being all of them. So that's why. That's, well, that's, but it, that's well, the point. If, if it's something that was that was that all the beer saw, like a keg or a hose or the gun, if you took one of those good bottles out and let it sit out and get real warm, right. and shake it up, it'll ha- then that beer will get sour too. Whereas if it's just a couple of the bottles that were bad, that. He takes a new one out, a fresh one out. It may or may not do it. Well, right, so, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Whereas you know, it may not be doing it because they've been in the fridge for this long. But yeah. but the one that we have hasn't been. Right. So if 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 you get it, you know, consistently, it may not even be bottling. It may be pre bottling. Maybe yeah. maybe the spigot from the bucket in the keg, or however you rack. Do you uh, carboy or how do you? What do you ferment in? Carboys. Okay. Yeah. Could maybe even racking tubing or it could go all the way back. Yeah. Yep. Anything post boil in theory. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah, it's a pity the good ones didn't get to us because this is quite nice. It's actually rich. It's got some nice, nice chocolatey, caramely kind of character to it. It's a very nice balance, very smooth. It's a very nice porter, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just added eight points. Yeah. I'd probably yeah. score a good 15 to 20 points over what I scored the sour one. <laughs> <laughs> that's when, when people ask uh, to try my beer, I invite them to my house. That's, yeah. that's always good. Yes. <laughs> I'll ship you a bus ticket. Yeah. And no, then, I mean, I. sorry, but to be honest, the, 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 the sour one, I gave about a 21 on the score sheet because between the sour and the astringency and the metallic, it's just they were all bad enough that they, to me, I just I just didn't want to drink the beer. I'm it not drinking it. getting problematic. But the, no, the fresh one is, is very nice. It'd probably score upper 30s, maybe even 40. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. Awesome. So process, yes, you have an issue. Okay. And it's probably a sanitation issue. Yeah. Probably in the bottling. Yeah, it could well be. You'll, yeah, you'll, you'll the, have to hunt I that I kicked out. the keg of it like a week ago, and mm-hmm. it no. was doing just fine. Okay. Yeah. So something for you to, to ferret out where exactly it's happening. Great. Change out that plastic equipment, yeah, anywhere along the line, anywhere you transfer yeah. beer after it gets cold. <clears throat> Dump your hose and, you know, make sure your kegs are clean and all that kind of funky stuff. Plastic is cheap. <laughs> who's next? Like life. Oh, um, who, uh, who's next? Do is Dave's, right? Dave, yes. Right. <clears throat> you got my opener? No, I got um, Where's Dave's bottle? Okay. Um, uh, so, ones. Dave, how long you been brewing? About a year and a half. A year and a half? Yeah. All right. How'd you get uh, sucked into the... How'd you get the bung sucked? I'm, I don't the know. The bung sucked into trying me. To, trying to be funny, but it's not working. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how did you hook up with these guys? Um, one of my friends uh, in town, he's a beekeeper, and um, he just got me started with um, brewing. He, he did extract brewing and um, brewed with him once. I liked the idea of doing it, mm-hmm. um, and then pretty much decided to buy my own gear and just bought all green gear and started from there. Cool. I mean, I just I just went head first. You just went into all grain. You didn't do uh, monkey around with extracts? No, we did the one. And, um, oh, you did the one. Okay, yeah. Did the one, and yeah. I thought, if I'm going to buy the equipment, I may as well just go the little bit extra and just sure. have it all there. Because I, I did two coolers, one boil kettle, so I figured the coolers weren't that expensive. Right. Yeah, they're not. They're they're pretty cheap, and you know they're they're a good piece of equipment for sure. I'm still yeah. having trouble nailing down temperatures, but okay, I'll get okay. There. So uh, how how off are you on the like? What happens? You know, do you, do you overshoot or do you undershoot or? Uh, both. Okay. Okay. Um, it's depending on the time of year and whether I've gone from five or ten gallons seems to really affect it. Um, if I do hmm. ten gallons, the volume of the cooler seems to, it doesn't extract as much heat. And if I do a five gallon, I seem to lose more heat in the cooler. Okay. And I think I use a beersmith and I, it doesn't help me account for five or ten in the same cooler. Okay. I, th- I think that's my problem. I don't know. Okay. Wow. Bless you. Excuse me. <laughs> well, hopefully we can uh, sort some of that stuff out for you. But I learned everything I know from pretty much the one guy that taught me and um, guys at the brew club here. Oh, so nice. I just watched a few people brew and, and that's looked, it. At, looked at their process, decided what I wanted to buy, and took their in- input. And Yeah, it's always good to join a club and watch other brewers do it. That's why... When you when you brew extract for a while and you're like, huh, I really you know you, I, you read about all grains like it sounds a little intimidating. Then you just watch someone do it. It's like, oh, well that's it's, kind of easy. It's I, really easy. It's not that bad. Yeah, oh, it's I really easy. Go out to the store and buy the stuff I need right now. And just, yeah, the hard stuff is all just a couple coolers, little fittings, at controlling the, the temperature. Store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Brian, why don't you uh, the, start off with Dave's beer? Yeah, in the aroma. Um, I found a light little phenolic in the aroma, kind of a little medicinal character in it, and it's kind of covering up some of the other elements. I'm getting a lot of chocolate, which is nice, and a little roast in there. No, no, no hop, and you know, no DMS or dassel or anything like that. First, we should ask: Does this smell like the beers that you have at your house? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. Okay, all right, good. I actually bottled two today, just in case. <laughs> okay, good. I just wanted to make sure that uh, you know we got some some. Uh, what did you do to our beer, JP? <laughs> it's a pretty beer. Put it in the trunk of my car. It, it was Beardy that did it. Yeah. Beardy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the flavor, you know, it's also pretty, you know, looks like a 
like a porter. It's like a porter. Should. Yeah, good. Brown, uh, dark brown, and you know the head sticking around nicely. Uh, but flavor wise, has it has a nice uh, some roasty notes in there, and um, you know in the flavor, I'm not getting as much as of the um, the background note of that chlorophenol that I was getting in the aroma, and then the, even in the aroma is kind of fading. There's like this light little whiff of medicinal something that comes out at first that that you know bugged me a little bit, but yeah. It has a um, kind of a low, you know, the, the hop is very background where it should be, kind of a low earthy hop flavor in there. Um, it was also slightly acidic and biting in the sample I had, but I think this sample might be a little bit better, honestly. What do you think, Lee? Does this one taste like the one you? Um, it's pretty similar, yeah. Fairly similar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit less than some of the phenolics, but um, they're there, yeah. So if there's variance in the bottles, it's. Probably a case of the bottle condition, <clears throat> recycled bottles. It's possible. It's hard to say for sure, but a lot of times phenolics will come up from uh, wild yeast, though. Or, um, well, and, and it's like the old thing was, you know, people that use chlorine to sanitize. Of course, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you don't rinse it like extremely carefully, if you use bleach as a sanitizer, it just you get an instant chlorophenolic. Uh, but. I, you know, I haven't come across anyone mm-hmm. who's doing that anymore lately. So, did you guys crack open one of the fresh bottles? Yeah, just to compare. <clears throat> That's not it? a fresh one. Fresh, fresh ones are in my back. Oh, this is not off the keg, but it's one I've had cold since you gave it to me three months ago. Oh, okay. And is it different? Is that the same thing? No, that's that's the one you gave me. Okay. Oh. Is it different? Um, I, I would say it has the same thing, maybe a little bit less intense. Um, Brian, here's some of this if you, if you want. Um, yeah, the phenolics are often a wild yeast issue. I mean, it could happen the fermenter, and maybe just not have been very apparent, and it's slowly growing over time, or it could have gotten in during bottling. It's it's really hard to say. I mean, unless you get a clear, some bottles have it, some bottles don't. Um. If you get that kind of pattern, then maybe it's the bottles themselves that are doing it. If it's everywhere, then it's probably something upstream of the bottles. Yeah. Um, other than that, actually, you know, the the phenolic flavors and aromas. I mean, it's probably some wild yeast in there. Um, it's fighting against this base beer, which is, is is obviously very similar to the one Chris had from his, his the bottle that he kept cold, brought in. It's got a really nice cocoa malt flavor, some nice little richness, a little caramel notes underneath. It's actually a really good beer. It's a good recipe. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the recipe yeah. is awesome. And I would say the brewing, the mat, you know, the mashing and the balance and all that is, is, is spot on. It's very nice. It's just got this phenolic over the top, which is not very pleasant. I get a um, like a clove. I get like a peppermint. Peppermint? Huh. Yeah. I like peppermint. I don't get peppermint. Yeah, I could sort of see that. For me, it, it's, it's like white pepper with a touch of shower curtain. <laughs> plastic shower curtain. Shower curtain. Plastic shower curtain, kind of. Yeah, not much. Yeah. When, was sort of that. Time, when was the last time you licked a shower curtain? <laughs> I don't have to. I just smell them. Actually, I actually have glass doors in my them. bathroom, but yeah. <laughs> oh, you, I mean, you ever go, like, get those those really plasky shower curtains you can smell from a mile away? Yeah. Yeah. I try not to. Like, I, probably I this weekend at NHC. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes <laughs> I just go over to, you know, CVS or, you know, Ikea, and I just go and sniff the shower curtains. It's okay. I get, thing, I get you know? it. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Are you trying to outweird me, Lee? Come on. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't shoot that eye, Brian. <laughs> no, yes. I, I don't think it smells like a shower curtain. This be, when we use terminology like that, it's not meant to be offensive. It's just like to give you an impression of like we're getting a hint of this in the beer, and it has the impression of like that. I think that yes, it's a very subtle thing that I'm picking up here. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a, a, a it's not like snorting a fistful of shower curtain. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, more, I'm more I'm trying to get across this this That's impression mean, of a kind of a plasticky aroma, yeah. an exaggerated um, descriptor. Yeah, by by yeah. using something that, that that you probably have a very good idea what it smells like that yeah. sort of nasty plastic shower curtain, and but it's, it's very faint. More, it's more kind of a perfumey kind of aroma that comes out more and a slight pepperiness. It's in both of them. Little, with, the, with the edge of this plastic. A little like plastic and clove. And it, I, I, I'm pretty much convinced that it's something that's going on in primary in this. It doesn't seem to be a bottle issue. I'm getting it in both of them. And it's, you know, it's just something is getting a little happier in your beer besides the intended yeast strain. <laughs> and, you, you you know, it can happen at any point. There's yeast. There's wild yeast floating around the air at all, all the time. Um, what do you do when you're cooling your beer? Do you have it covered? Are you? Yeah, it's it's covered. Yeah. I keep the lid on. I, I will pull it while I'm cooling. 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. I get really paranoid with mine. I like. I have my. You know. There's a little gap that the word chiller goes in through, and I'm like on the lid, wrapping it with plastic on top of the lid and all the way around. Like I just take as soon as I finish boiling, I go in and get my my plastic wrap and just wrap the top of the kettle. And then sometimes I'll let it sit there for hours too, just to just to settle down. If I if it's especially if it's a hot day and I want it to cool down a little more with the ambient temperature outside in a summer brew session, I'll just let it go even a little longer and then. Some of that cold break will even fall out, even, or you know, a little better fall out, and just you know, the beer is a little clearer coming out. And I just like to do that. It's another weird thing, but yeah. Um, so you think this is a, I, an and issue? I, it's like a fermentation issue. Sealed, like yeah, something got in the, <laughs> in the fermentation. I could, I can definitely at a low level. It's not, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously gave it a good healthy yeast pitch. There's just something else in there that's that's pulling it a little off. So. Is yeah. this a flavor that you've um, had before in any other beers? I'm trying to look I, for like common threads because that'll tell you that you know it, it's not a one-off. It's a it's yeah. a common. Or, or do you I, even agree with us with what we're telling you we're tasting? I don't necessarily think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I, I'm not I'm done, not done the BJCP. I'm, I'm not really trained in all the off flavors mm-hmm. very My, much. So you know, if I like a beer, I kind of like it. No, and I'm not. I'm luckily I'm not trained to not like a beer because there's something a little bit weird. If I right. like it, it's good. Yeah, but there is something. Yeah, there is something in it that's a little bit. Plus, you've been drinking on it for like three months. Do you remember what it tasted <laughs> like when you started? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. one thing I would say right, is that second bottle you opened, which Chris, you had stored in your fridge yeah. for a few weeks, it doesn't have it as bad as the bottles that we judged or the bottle that we opened here mm-hmm. yeah. that went through that probably warm shipping. So uh, it, it, that may have made a difference. So it may, again, if you've got a microbe that's growing in there and steadily making it worse, keeping it cold will help. Your other defense is, if you like it, drink it now. (laughs) Don't store, this is not a beer to serve at Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you make a good point, and that's something, uh, like we were talking about on the last show, to to really pay attention to, is when you enter stuff for competition or get feedback, it's to, it's, what is the beer like to style? How does it compare to this set of guidelines? It doesn't mean that it's wrong, or it doesn't mean that you totally fucked up, or anything like that. It just means that... Compared to what we've decided as the beer people in the world that a robust porter should taste like, it shouldn't have these these flaws. But then again, uh, if you like it, then that's why you homebrew in the first place, right? It's because you, you, you can brew the beer that you want to drink. So if you keep those very separate... Um, you know, and then you can maybe find little tweaks to... to you know, oh, maybe that isn't a flavor I, I enjoy or... You know, and then you can kind of uh, grow from there, but... Yeah. After that, I want to brew beer beer that other people want to drink <laughs> we'll see. So I drink all of it right right that's the hard part man that's the thing that's the tough part yeah i mean jp can't do that i can't do that right. no i'm even down to two and a half gallons at a time i still, still can't. can't do it <clears throat> right yeah. maybe two months a year no i mean i mean aside, so aside from the phenolic that's in there this is actually a very nice beer it's got that nice rich cocoa kind of thing going on some caramel under it it's a good balance you know like i was saying this earlier it's actually a good beer it's just got this thing that got in there with it that's that's the only problem and I could and, tell when I poured it too, there was something a little odd. Like sometimes you pour a phenolic, a heavily phenolic beer, and this was not heavily phenolic, but you pour a beer that has some other elements in there, and it affects the head retention too. Like you poured it, and it has this like kind of noisy, like loudly popping head that just drops and just kind of sounds like a soda that's fizzing out and popping mm-hmm. out. And it just it did a little bit of that for me. I was like, huh, that's odd. And then you know, but yeah, after. Uh, smelling the light, the light phenolic in there too. I was like, mm, something's going on in there, definitely, because the other ones had pretty good head retention. And yeah. one, it wasn't horrible. It, it, there is still some head, and you can kind of rouse it up as you. Um, yeah, it, it it fights its way back. Do. That's for sure. I'm still learning. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for yeah. I would say for 95, 99 percent, what you did, you got it right. This was a nice bear. Uh, it's just that one little yeast that floated in the wild yeast that floated in there when you weren't looking. Yeah. Um, which is something to learn how to prevent that would that would keep this a nice beer. Yeah, and so the reason I was asking about the common thread is I have a friend who who was uh, making who was doing his pitches in uh, in his kitchen. He was pitching his his um, his uh, yeast starters. He would do his yeast starters in in the kitchen. His wife makes bread, and he was like, "I just it smells funky." And so I went over to his house and it smelled like sourdough bread. And uh, it turns out she was she would be making sourdough bread, and then he would be pouring his yeast into the the starter, and it was picking up the wild, or not the wild, but the sourdough bread yeast that's in the air in that section of his of his um, kitchen. 
So he just moved to another spot when he would whenever he would pitch his yeast, and that flavor just went away. So he was picking up in that specific spot. So if you're getting something that's uh, that's reoccurring, you know, try pitching in a different area or something like that, and that that might be able to clean up some stuff yeah. for you. And too. I mean, you guys live in Napa; you probably got more than your fair share of wild yeast floating around in the air up there. <laughs> yeah, true. My yeah. old my old fermentation chamber used to be a wine closet that mm-hmm. went through the earthquake and had a whole bunch of wine oh spilled in it, and uh. I had to quit using it after that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's firewood now. One <laughs> good rule, yeah. One good good rule is not to pitch where you crush your grains because you know the grains. I mean, everything goes into the air, and it, it, there's a lot of uh, critters that live inside the the grains there that will, will get happy in your beer too. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's crack this third beer. So this is right. so the last beer was Jeff Jeff, Jeff Sharp, but Jeff's he's not the guy here. who didn't show up. Not a yeah, he's uh, Father's Day camping. Right. Okay. Uh, so he's gone. Father's so let's Day. slam the hell out of him. Yeah. yeah. Father's Day camping. He's just, yeah. He got suckered into. He he takes his kid camping with other dads and other kids for Father's Day. That sounds like Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, is that what you? Well, if that's what he really wants to do, but I don't know of any father who gets to do what they want to do on Father's Day. That sounds like, like a break. Go to a beer festival. That sounds really? like a break for mom. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. They took fun. kegs with them. All right. Well, then it's not it's not terrible. Yeah. I suppose. It sounds kind of fun. Yeah, but I was like growing up, I always thought it was just some stereotype—not stereotype, but just some things that you know guys joke about. Oh, Father's Day, you can't really do anything you want. Uh, I don't think you really can. Father's Day isn't for fathers; it's for it's for mothers to make their children understand how much their fathers mean to them, or something. I don't I'm know. going to the pirate festival in Vallejo. Oh yeah, I heard yeah. about that. Yeah, <clears throat> what's a pirate fest? You mean it's, I don't know. It's like a Renaissance fair for fi- for pirates. Oh really? Yeah, it's right next to Merrill Allen Brewing Company too. So oh really? Pop in for a beer, watch some cannons, have a beer. Some ca- they stuff. have cannons. Oh yeah, that's insane. That's crazy. That was beer, then cannons, then beer. Thank you. Right, that's right. right. Okay, in that order. Well, Is there something it, wrong? No, and then, that sounds good. And then beer cannons, which is a whole <laughs> different thing. Well, this is very robusty portery. Which is very nice. Yeah, this well, one has a really nice aroma. Pleasantly roasty, low coffee-like notes in the background. Clean ale fermentation. I didn't get any obvious uh, fermentation issue, issues in this one. You know, the hops in this recipe, yeah, we should... Did we go... Th- we didn't go through the recipe yet. I haven't gone through the recipe uh, yet. We should no. talk about that after we kind of okay. go through these three beers, too. Because, you know, the, the hop is nice and low where it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, fruit, the low fruity ester is kind of in balance with everything else there. No bad stuff in this beer, uh, in the aroma. Yeah, I will say that the uh, the common thread runs through them all. I mean, you can definitely tell that they're the same recipe in that regard. The yeah. process is pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty I, solid. I say they're very, very. You know, obviously the ingredients are all the same. They very much taste that way. Yeah, very much nature. Which is great. That's I mean, that's hard to do when you have that many variables. Yeah. 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 And uh, the brewing on on these beers, actually, all three of them judge by the by them is, is actually came out with very similar results. Uh, mostly um, the sanitation issues or the wild bugs were an issue, but um, that's the beers underneath were very, very similar. Yeah, kind and, of like a rich American style porter, like a Black Butte kind of a thing or that along those lines with a, a real, you know, a solid roasty edge and not so much in the middle, like not, not a whole lot of caramelly flavors mixed in with the, with the roast. Mm-hmm. Just coffee and roast coffee and, and chocolate and chocolate uh, yeah. yeah and some caramel in here it's good yeah. recipe man yeah I, yeah I really like it and this beer of course it's the guy who who was not here who whose beer we decided was was the was the one we liked the best of course <laughs> i mean they're all the same really but uh, this is the one that didn't have the bug in it and um it is really nice it's a really good recipe I mean, which guys, was bottled with my blickman beer gun there you go. What can we say? <laughs> and was shipped along with the other one, side by side. Correct. Well, well, that much, might be a much, cl- much later. That might be a clue right there. Did you bottle his beer first or after? Before like or after months years? later. Months later. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. A month later. So maybe he said less. Well, yeah. Who you knows? didn't change any equipment on it since then, are you? Well, you cleaned it when you did. Maybe it. I boiled the hose or you something. Could have, like yeah, you could have cleaned it better that time when you were bottling, or you, you were in a hurry the time you did yours. Or, or you yeah. flushed out whatever was in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I would. Just yeah. yeah, BLC the lines right after you, you well, if you're not going to bottle for yeah. a while. And yeah. I'll tell you this, the guys who came to you to put together a recipe, you did a good job. This is a very nice beer. Yeah. Cool, thanks. We yeah. kind of went this a roundabout way of getting to a porter, but yeah. we got there. 
Yeah, it's a very nice pour. It's very, very, very chocolate coffee, little caramel. It's very mellow, smooth drinking, and it's. it's I'd be happy to have a keg of this. Yeah, and the hops come through right, right underneath, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You want to run through the recipe real quick? Yeah, do that. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Might be some uh, curious people out there. If there's not, after listening to this, they should be because it's a damn nice beer. Okay. Well, again, like I said, we we were working with what we had. It wasn't like I went to the shop and built my porter. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was uh, more just trying to get the color and flavors we wanted. Um, so you're talking 76% two-row, uh, 9.5% Munich type 2, uh, about 5% Cara 50. That's an EBC malt. Uh, about 5% chocolate malt. This is Buttons. Uh, 5% chocolate rye uh, from Vireman. And then um, Northern Brewer uh, for a bittering. And Willamette's at uh, five. The real question is, how did you have this much grain enough to make 20 batches? <laughs> what are you doing? Did uh, it's a pallet fall off the truck or what, uh, what's um, going on? Say, uh, uh, a very common uh, grocery store that you could spend a lot of money at mm-hmm. uh, tried to have a homebrew aisle and didn't succeed in Napa. Uh, and so they were nice enough to give us their, their, give us their huh? sacks. Uh-huh. Okay. So they're not doing that anymore up there. Negative. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, then that explains a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, they had some good sacks of grain lying around there. That's correct. Yeah. They did have some good stuff and a fridge full of White Labs, which was oh, wow. quite nice. That's a cool idea to do with all that, too. Yeah, just like, oh, we got a club. Let's let's have some fun. Yeah, let's Everybody do on board. <laughs> well, what else can we say about this beer? It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, chocolate rye. There's this sort of interesting sort of dry. There is. Spicy, greeny, chocolatey thing in the background there. I wasn't really sure what that was. Like but chalky? It's nice. Maybe a I'm a big too. fan of that malt. Almost. Or, well, that yeah. rye. <laughs> it's kind of like toasted spices or something. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Let's take yeah, a break. Nice. We're going to take our, our final break, and then we're going to come back and do whatever it is we do. Uh, at the final break, and then uh, go have another beer. Uh, hang on, everyone. Dr. Homebrew will be back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today high gravity home brewing supplies wants you to keep it simple brewing should be fun and with high gravity's amazing electric brewing systems it is high gravity keeps their brewing systems simple on purpose more efficient than gas customizable and with your choice of one two or three vessels high gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer formulate recipes and improve your beer's consistency dave at high gravity can customize your system to fit your needs high gravity invites you to visit their build your own brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric and high gravity offers 7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products www.highgravitybrew.com high gravity keep it electric keep it simple visit highgravitybrew.com 
Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some Grog Tags, dude. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Admit it. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the Internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, We're just trying to, to dole out the prizes um, so as everyone knows, uh, you know, just automatically for, for being on the show, everyone gets a, a nice little prize pack from Five Star. You go to fivestarchemicals.com. Check out all the cool stuff they have over there. And uh, so we also have two other gift, uh, gift, gift certificates. Excuse me. My brain runs faster than my mouth. It really is. Yeah. It says, um, to grogtag, grogtag.com, and uh, to high gravity. Uh, homebrew, you can go to highgravitybrew.com and check them out as well. They're a pretty rad online homebrew shop. Um, so the uh, High Gravity Brew, that one's easy, right? Because we give that to the, the highest score, and that is uh, Nate. Missing Nate, right? Jeff. 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 Yeah. Miss, why do I always get... I missing Jeff. Nate's missing, too. Nate's yeah. missing. Yeah. Jeff's missing the one Jeff. who's yeah. Where is we Nate? Judge. Although I, we, I, you know, I have like kind of a slash on Chris's score sheet here where his first... The first beer bottle that we got was, you know, maybe a twenty-seven, and then mm-hmm. the second one was right up there, almost with with Jeff's, I would say. So, you know, but yeah, we can give him honor, honorable mention. Do we have honorable mention? We don't. Well, we could. I don't have anything to give oh. as an honorable mention. Honor. We have beer. We can pour good beer. Yeah, we'll buy you beer. Uh, okay, so who gets the high gravity? Uh, my scores were tied for the other two guys. Brian, who did you have in the lead? I well, I had. Uh, Jeff in the lead initially. Uh, sorry, in, in the lead for the other two. Oh, for th- or in the in the trailing position. In the trailing position. So yeah. missing Jeff gets the high gravity certificate, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Congratulations, Yay! missing Jeff. Yes. Woo! Okay. Now for the grog tag, forty dollar. At least your beer will look good. Gift certificate. That goes to Dave. Or no? Yes, Dave. Dave. Right. Yes. Let's just give it to Jeff. No, because <laughs> at least he can bottle beer, right? Right. True. <laughs> well, you know, if no. you've ever heard of grog tags, they're reusable, customizable labels you can get online and they're pretty punch cool, in some yeah. stuff, and they're rad. So uh, that's their tagline: is at least your beer will look good. And um, so, are you? I'm waiting for the approval from Lee here, but yeah. he's just yeah. he's thinking about. Well, farts I, I, see, or I, I gave both of them the same score, so. Oh, so you. So just like, Brian's the tiebreaker. All right. Well, there you go, Dave. You win. Well, thank you. 40 bucks to grogtech.com. Let me make a note of that because I'll forget. I'll split them with Chris. (laughs) Um, Okay, that was it, right? 
We did. Did we do all our stuff? I think we did. Yeah, I think we did all our stuff. Okay, cool. Where's my? Uh, do you have any announcements we, for the next show? I don't have no? any. Do okay. we have? Should we? Ha- should we? I don't know. Should you yammer about your other shows? We like to oh. talk about. No, it's all but, fine. Okay, I don't have off. anybody to talk Bruce about. Bruce Like uh, lunch meat's gone, so we don't need to talk about anything. Lunch meat's gone. Exactly right. Um, well, I should say, do you guys have any questions for uh, for these folks? Uh, no. Do we need three steps before we leave? The, yeah. Before you leave the room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, Not at all. I, I think, okay. uh, you know, more importantly, you guys made beer and you bottled beer and you brought it in. That's half the battle right there. So uh, uh, the, the recipe came through just fine. You know, there's a couple little minor minor things here and there, but overall, everyone's making good beer. But it, just, no, it was an interesting you. experiment. It was, you know, a, a really old beer for us. I mean, yeah. we're talking like a six-month beer yeah. and, and then shipped and... God knows what JP did with it. And, uh, <laughs> trunk of the car. I don't think God can see there. No, you can't. Does your car have a trunk? My car. I don't. My you car. Got rid of the bugs. So. My car uh, does not exist. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I think I think every homebrew club should do this. I think it's a great idea. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. check but it out. I'll show you too what what storage and bottling can do for a beer or take away from a beer. Sadly, in some cases. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing the difference between that 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 first one. Yeah. That was cool. Thanks, guys, for coming all the way out to from Napa. Well, I'll come to your garage you. anytime Thank and you. have a beer with you, man. It's it's all good stuff, and all of you. <laughs> Cheers. Even the quiet ones. I like going to Napa sometimes. Napa's great. Uh, all right, everyone. Uh, this has been Doctor Homebrew. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Cheers.